Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. That's 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to make things better. Hello there. Uh, Welcome to the program for this week. I'm looking at my switchboard here, and I'm seeing that it says that the show is on but not streaming, and I have absolutely no idea why that might be. Um, Hopefully, if you're listening live, you're able to hear the program. not sure if this week is going to record. Sort of an interesting little snafu that I've run run into before. Um, But let's keep going. Uh, If you want to call in, once again, that number is 347-994-2981. Feel free to call in to talk about your challenging kid, and maybe you're having trouble figuring out why he's challenging in the first place. Those are the lenses. That's really important. Maybe you're having, maybe you got the right lenses on, but you're having trouble doing Plan B. No one said helping a challenging kid was going to be easy, and Plan B is not easy. Maybe you're having trouble getting the folks who you live with, or the folks who are teaching your kid at school, to do Plan B. Maybe you're. just feeling tired and worn out and frustrated because things just aren't going all that well yet. Uh, all good reasons to be listening into the program. I um, had the great good fortune to speak in Portland, Maine uh, last Friday a group of 175 parents. This was a parents-only talk. And um, 175 parents had this really nice opportunity to get together and hear about collaborative problem-solving and ask questions and just spend five hours together recognizing that they're not alone and thinking about their challenging kid and how the model might apply to them. Um, Boy, we don't get that opportunity too often. So as you've heard me sometimes say on this program, if you're listening live, 
or if you're listening to an archive, hopefully you're doing it under conditions in which you are able to take a step back, relax, take a deep breath, um, get some perspective on your challenging kid, your interactions with your challenging kid, and see if you can help make things better. Uh, We do have a caller already, so I'm going to bring that person on the air. Basically, I don't really have an agenda for today's program except um, to uh, read you some emails and answer some email that I've received over the past week and and take your calls. So uh, from area code 206, we have a caller, and let's see if uh, I can do this. Area code 206, you're on the air. What's up? Hi. Um, I have a question about unsolved problems. Great. And um, then also um, what to do when there is, um, you know, the challenge, you know, an explosion, for lack of a better term. Let's hear um, it. Don't, don't use any names. Don't tell us where you're located. Everybody knows you're in area code 206 now, but who knows? Okay. Okay. Um, so basically, um, my child has a lot of the lagging skills, just about every one of them. I checked. Okay. Um, we operate uh, in emergency plan B and plan C quite a bit, um, most of the time, I would say. Um, and so obviously our challenge is, is getting to the point where we can uh, do better at proactive plan B and, and carving out the time. Um, but one of the unsolved problems that I'm, tr- or I'm trying to identify is um, when um, he hits, you know, like gets frustrated uh, because of, of something a sibling says and then, you know, hits that person or hurts, um, hurts his sibling or damages something. I, you know, I, I, I agree that, you know, a timeout, going to room, like those things, he knows that it's, he knows that it's you know, bad to do that or it's not, you know, it hurts, he, he feels bad. Um, but then how, I just don't, I'm not quite sure how to move on from there. Got and it. then also how to identify what is that, what is the unsolved problem because that's what seems unpredictable. It can be like the sibling thinks that she's joking around and all of a sudden she gets smacked in the face, you know, yeah. like, whoa, what, what, you know, so. So I am delighted that you called because you are putting things in a way that I commonly hear from people who have embraced the model but are having a little bit of trouble with its implementation. So let's go back to the beginning of what you said, because it was really quite telling. Um, The first thing you said is that your uh, child um, has quite a few lagging skills, Mm -hmm. and you probably identified them through using the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems that... um, appears on the Lives in the Balance website, or you got it out of the explosive child or lost at school. Um, And it's good that you've identified all those lagging skills because it makes sure that you have the right lenses on. The lenses of my kid's not doing this because of seeking attention or manipulative or 
coercive or attention-seeking or any of those things that are commonly said, but rather you, when you identify lagging skills, then it becomes clearer that challenging behavior occurs when those, in the conditions under which those skills are being demanded. But now comes a perhaps even more important part, and it's become more important over the years because I think that when the explosive child first came out um, in 1998, the idea that lagging skills were uh, a major contributing factor to challenging behavior, uh, that's not something that a lot of people had set up until then. But now it's 2010, and my sense is that um, people who are familiar with this model um, aren't having that much difficulty coming around to the idea that challenging behavior is set in motion by lagging skills and demands for those skills, which means that these days it's even more important to identify these specific unsolved problems, which is what you had indicated that you wanted to ask about, that are reliably and predictably precipitating challenging behavior. And you've made a very good point about why that's so crucial. It's crucial because if we don't identify them, then they're not predictable. If they're not predictable, and, and the good news is they are predictable, the trick is to make them predictable, if they aren't predictable, then we're going to end up dealing with them almost exclusively in the heat of the moment because the raw material that we need to deal with them proactively, unsolved problems, we don't have that raw material yet. And so uh, you, you said quite a bit when you were saying that a lot of the intervention that you're doing, if you're doing Plan B, it's emergency Plan B. Otherwise, you're probably using two other emergent interventions, A and C. Mm -hmm. The trick to getting the hitting to stop is to identify these specific unsolved problems that are setting hitting in motion. And so let's walk through that, um, if that's okay with you. Okay. Under what conditions, I, uh, and the truth is I'm forgetting whether you said it was your son or your daughter. My son. Son. And this is not necessarily a terribly important question, but how old? Five and a half, kindergarten. Got it. So under what conditions, in other words, what are the unsolved problems that are reliably and predictably precipitating challenging episodes in your son? Um, well, that's what I'm having a hard time determining because I'm thinking, well, it's sometimes it's in the car as we're driving home from school. Okay, and that's that's a great one. I mean, that's that's pretty specific. And by the way, if it's getting in your way that you're thinking. The unsolved problem has to, what he means by reliably and predictably is that it's causing challenging behavior 100% of the time, which I'm not saying. I, right. I actually don't know any unsolved problem that precipitates challenging behavior 100% of the time, but there certainly are certain conditions or situations or circumstances that greatly increase the likelihood of challenging behavior. Right. And you've just named one, being in the car. On the way home from school, did you say? Yes. Got it. What, what's going on in the car on the way home from school? Um, 
let's see. Well, I thought the, the, the kids are, are talking to each other and telling stories from their day mm-hmm. and, uh, and um, my daughter says she interrupts him ah. when he's, he's talking. You know, the foot goes over and she's been kicked. <laughs> Got it. So we've just identified an unsolved problem. Now, here's the interesting thing. We may have identified two unsolved problems. I'm thinking that, that the car m- may be incidental. You'd know better. In fact, I should ask you whether the car is incidental and the real key here is being interrupted. And if your son is interrupted, it doesn't matter if it's in a car or at dinner or at breakfast, um, that's still going to be very upsetting for him? Or is there more to the car than just being interrupted? What I'm trying to do here is I'm convinced. You've convinced me. Being interrupted is an unsolved problem. Now I'm pushing for a little more information to find out whether there's anything else about being in the car besides being interrupted that is causing your son to have difficulty. Yes, it's uh, now I I see the light. Um, It's the transition from school to home. Say more about that. Um, Well, one of our other unsolved problems is um, that I will go to, sometimes they go to an after-school program uh, because I work, and so I will go to pick them up from the after-school program, and I walk in the door, he looks at me, and makes a, you know, kind of growls and runs away. Runs away from you? Yep. What do you make of that? I mean, we're going to find out in the empathy step of Plan B, but what what do you make of that before the empathy step of Plan B? Um, before the empathy step... Uh, I'm just kind of that asking. He's not happy to see, yeah, that he's not happy to see me, but I don't think that's it. I think it's that he's not ready to leave. He's not. He knows that it's going to have to. He's going to have to stop what he's doing and, and leave. Got it. So this isn't. So now that sounds quite separate from the car. Is he right. still? But the the pile of unsolved problems is starting to grow. Yes. And right. with some pretty specific ones. Um, I'm hearing leaving. What is it? Daycare. Yeah. Leaving daycare and coming with you is an unsolved problem. Being interrupted is an unsolved problem. Is he Mm -hmm. still upset about leaving when he gets in the car? No. So now let me, and by the way, this is what we're doing right now is what I do with every parent, every teacher that I'm working with early on try to get as specific as possible about unsolved problems. And let me make a few points before we go on. These are pretty predictable, aren't they? Mm -hmm. The good news is because they're predictable, we can deal with them proactively because the absolute worst time to deal with them is when when you've shown up at daycare and he's having trouble leaving. That would be bad timing because, number one, He's already heated up. Number two, the conditions are not ideal. And number three, you're probably in a rush. And those are not conditions that are conducive to having a productive effort at collaboratively solving a problem or even figuring out what it is. But let me go back, and that's why 
this is time well spent, I think, for people who are getting ready to do Plan B because it facilitates doing it proactively. Is there anything else about the car, though? I just want to go back to that, not to beat the dead horse, but anything else about the car besides being interrupted and besides that it occurs after a difficulty leaving daycare to come with you, anything else about the car that you think is making life difficult for your son? I don't know. We can ask. Yes. But at the very least, we now have two very specific unsolved problems. Shall we keep going? Mm-hmm. Tell me some other stories, and this is something I frequently do with the families and teachers that I work with. Tell me some stories about other times, perhaps in the last few days, perhaps in the last week, memorable ones even further out than that, that your son got upset, that you had a disagreement, that he behaved in a way that you weren't happy with. And I'm, well, I'm wondering if there are conditions outside of the car and being interrupted where interacting with his sister or other siblings, if there are any, are hard for him. Um, well, another example would be they, this is on the weekend, they're at home, they were playing in his room, having a great time. I had been giving the cues that, that they were going to need to wrap up. And another transition. Leave, yep, transition. And so um, I was coming up and I could tell they were hiding. So he hid in his bed with the covers on and and she was kind of crouching down, and I walked in, and then she got up, ran over to the bed, and sort of outed him, you know, oh, pulled the covers off. Oh, so that, that's actually, I jumped the gun. That's not a transition, is it? Yeah. She, she um, outed him. He wasn't eager to be outed. Right. Got it. Right. And so she's laughing, thinking we're having fun, we're still playing this game, he's giggling, he's under the covers, and she outs him, and he whaps her in the face. Got it. So I'm hearing consistently where your son is on what I've come to call the spectrum of looking bad. He's a hitter. Yeah, and a thrower. Um, what's that? And a thrower. And a thrower. thrower. Got it. Um, trying to – does that story that you just told of him being outed, trying to think about – my, my bet is that him being outed is not a common circumstance. So I'm trying to think about whether that story tells us about anything more general that your son might have difficulty with. And let me take a stab at it. Is that okay? Yeah. Being outed from under the covers when you don't expect to be outed or when you don't think that that's what you thought was going to happen would be upsetting to kids especially who get an idea in their head about the way things are supposed to go and don't deal very well at all when things don't go that way or when they're surprised. Yes. Am I on to something? Yes. So 
that would be a specific instance of being surprised or things not going the way he thought they would. And by the way, I'm betting that in the lagging skill section of the ELSA, you've got difficulty making transitions checked off, yes, as a lagging skill? Yes. yes. You also have checked off that um, he has a great deal of difficulty shifting from his original idea or solution. Yes. Not surprising. And let me just tie some things together here. Just to go back to sort of the theory behind the model, what we're hearing about now is the practical application of the theory. Your son has difficulty when the demands being placed upon him exceed his capacity to respond adaptively, exceed the skills that he has to respond adaptively to those demands. So lots of parents might be listening to this program and thinking, geez, all his sister did was out him. That requires skills. Yes, it does require skills, especially the skill of moving off of your original idea about the way something was going to go. And apparently your son doesn't have that skill, and that's why that situation set in motion for him what he does on the spectrum of looking bad, hitting and throwing. Sort of elegant in its simplicity, um, you sound tired, so my bet is that the elegance of the model is not so impressive at the moment, but here's the good news. At least it makes your son more predictable. I'm betting that given that story and given the lagging skill that you've just told me you have checked off, that anything that doesn't go the way your son thought it was going to greatly heightens the likelihood of him doing something on the spectrum of looking bad. Yes. We could, I could ask you to tell me some other scenarios, but let's, let's, let's hear Let's hear one or two other situations in, when your son, in which your son, because our pile is actually growing here. The longer we think about the specific conditions under which your son runs into trouble, the clearer it becomes what unsolved problems are setting those challenging episodes in motion. Want to tell us about one or two more? Um, sure. Uh he he really likes yogurt. He eats yogurt a day. He he if we have you know a lot of yogurt in the refrigerator, um, he will he could if 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 he is allowed to before we <laughs> change this practice, he would eat six yogurts a day. It's a lot of yogurt. Yep. And um and if you try to intervene and say, suggest that he have something else, or say we're not going to have yogurt now, or this is a specific time actually. Um, that you know he will. If you say no, he will throw the yogurt, or he will hit me, or slam the refrigerator, or. Um, And, you know, any whatever's close by. So, amount of yogurt being eaten is an unsolved problem. Right. But you, you, you threw a little something in there that I'd want to hear a little bit more about. It sounds like he was eating six yogurts a day. You said until you changed it and you were 
Chocolate well, I tried. <laughs> yeah, we did have a, uh, I mean, I, this is not my number one unsolved problem, but I was practicing. Could be eating time today. Yeah, so we, we kind of went through, I, I don't know that it was about eating the yogurt as much as it was wanting to do what he was doing. Um, wanting to do what he was doing? Yes. Well, I guess my attitude is we all want to do what we're doing. Right, right. And there's things he's not doing. Apparently there's something about yogurt or being hungry. But you know what? Yeah. Let's find out in the empathy stuff of Plan B what he was really thinking. I'm just willing to bet the house that you're not going to hear him say, unless just so many times from adults in his life that he's regurgitating it, I just want to do what I want to do. I, I mostly hear that about I mostly hear that from kids who've learned to say that in the same way that I had a four-year-old one say to me when I asked him why he was doing what he was doing. He told me he was doing it for negative reinforcement. And I was thinking to myself, number one, he probably doesn't know what that means, but number two, he's been well-coached already. Um, he's yeah. been hearing a lot of that. But I'm betting there's something about yogurt that goes beyond him just wanting to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I've never met him, but that would be my bet yeah. about almost every kid that I work with because mm-hmm. – because I'm safe in the knowledge that we all want to do what we want to do. So that, at the very least, that wouldn't be specific enough for us to understand what it is about the amount of yogurt he's eating. Right. We've now, in not a very long time, uncovered, identified, four very specific unsolved problems. You said that yogurt was not your top priority. Of the four that we've discovered, do we have a high-priority unsolved problem, or are there other unsolved problems that you'd consider to be even higher priorities than the, one than the ones we've talked about so far? Um, yes, going into school ah. in the morning. Another transition. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that one. Um. Well, he uh, when when we get to school, often the mornings um, are really difficult. Just getting doing the morning routine and, and okay, getting so we're, out we're the gonna, door. I don't mean to interrupt, but, but there's another unsolved problem that's different, I think, than what you're about to tell us about going yes. into school. So we now have five mm-hmm. specific unsolved problems in our pile. Tell us um, about. Keep going. Sorry. So getting into school. So if we, we we get to school and then the the bell rings and it's time to go into school and he does not want to go into school and he will run away. Um, and what's he say? Anything yet? Um, I don't like school. He's saying that at the time. At the time, I don't even. Uh, I mean, he doesn't. He just is. No, I'm not. I'm not going. Got it. So clearly, some concerns there on his part that we would want to know much more about. Right. And clearly, as well, the likelihood of, of us getting that information emergently, in the heat of the moment, nowhere near as good. And once again, I've never met your son nowhere near as good trying to get that information emergently for most kids 
there's some exceptions to the rule. There's a smattering of kids out there who can't even remember what happened proactively, and so sometimes the only way to get information is emergently, but that's not too common. Boy, we've we've got quite a list here, and it sounds like that's you, it sounds like that's your highest priority. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope that it's helped that we've helped you identify um, about a half dozen specific unsolved problems that are reliably and predictably setting in motion challenging episodes. Mm-hmm. Now we've got to um, start solving them. Now, some parents, once they see that that pile of unsolved problems is actually rather deep, start feeling overwhelmed, um, thinking, my goodness, i got a lot of work ahead of me. Yeah, because I'm thinking, wait, no, hitting the sister, that's more than... <laughs> hitting the sister is the behavior. Right, but... The conditions um, under which he's hitting the sister is the unsolved problem. Right, and there are a variety of those. Right. So, but, and here's the, um, well, the good news and the bad news. The bad news is, yes, you do have a lot of work in front of you. The good news, and I'm sighing because you do have a lot of work in front of you, the, the, the good news is that it sounds like you've been working pretty hard already, and I just want to make sure that your hard work, that you have something to show for it. Because as you apparently can appreciate already, you could put a lot of hard work in and not have that much to show for it and not feel one bit more optimistic about things being better tomorrow than today. And I think we want to, the way that I help people feel more optimistic about tomorrow than they do about today is number one, to make sure that they understand, and it sounds like you do already, that this is about lagging skills and demands for those skills. This is about a developmental delay, not intentional, volitional, learned behavior. You're wearing the right lenses if you're thinking that rewarding and punishing is unlikely to teach your son the skills he's lacking or get these problems solved. So we've now come across the next overwhelming part, a lot of people find that all that that I just said to be a relief because at least they don't have somebody telling them that it's poor parenting. But mm-hmm. now comes the really hard work, and that is we've got to start solving problems. And if it sounds from what you were saying that you have two top priorities, and I think we could probably start with two. Um, we want to start knocking off some of the conditions, at least, under which your daughter is getting hit. And we want to try to start um, seeing if we can make going into school better. Yes? Yes. Now, here's something that I'm not able to do for you by this mechanism, and that is I'm glad that you have a lot of lagging skills checked off, because that helps us get the right lenses on. But I'm not in a great position, just because of time constraints, to give you a nice synopsis of which lagging skills seem to be getting in your son's way the most. Although, difficulty making transitions is certainly up there. Mm-hmm. And having difficulty when things don't go the way he thought they would is up there. 
and there's another one being interrupted, uh, which you wouldn't find on the on the uh, lagging skill section, but we'd have to give more thought to what it is about being interrupted that's hard for your son and whether that speaks to any more global difficulties that he's having. Tell me, before we start talking a little bit about solving those problems, has anybody that you've worked with or anybody who's tested your son, if he's ever been tested, what what have people said about your son so far in terms, if anything, about what seems to be getting in his way? I mean, I personally think that the lagging skills are about as informative as you can get. They really help you understand what's getting in a kid's way. But um, anybody said anything about your son? Have you had him seen by anybody, had him evaluated? Anybody rendered an opinion on what's getting in his way? Yes. Um, transitions, low frustration tolerance, um, and the, uh, I mean, the, I think these describe it the best. Yes. What they've, you know, there have been a number of terms, you know, potential diagnosis, you know, um, put out. Tell me what has been thrown out there, not, I mean, I'm not very diagnostically oriented. People who mm-hmm. listen to this program or know my work already know that, but occasionally a diagnosis can give you some um, hints about what's getting in a kid's way. What have people said diagnostically? Um, ADHD, yeah. um, oppositional defiant disorder, possibly um, intermittent explosive disorder, yeah. and the- they can't rule out bipolar. Right, so you've got the. <laughs> you've got, got the umbrella, what, yeah. What the, yeah, they are. They they do tend to cluster together. Um, Two thirds of kids with ADHD meet diagnostic criteria for oppositional defiant disorder if you're diagnostically oriented. Um, way more than two thirds of kids with oppositional defiant disorder also have ADHD. Um, kids who deal with frustration the way your son does do tend to get diagnosed if they're with a diagnostically oriented mental health professional with oppositional defiant disorder. Uh, If it happens suddenly, and it may feel sudden, but quite frankly, that's why I'm sorry that the book was called The Explosive Child, because, number one, I'm not a big fan of the intermittent explosive disorder diagnosis, but I'm also not a huge fan that the book was called The Explosive Child, because it, it suggests that these behaviors occur unpredictably, surprisingly, and yet the discussion that we've had so far tells us that, I mean, if, if your son's challenging episodes are in, occurring in, in response to specific unsolved problems that are highly predictable, then he's not so unpredictable at all. So I'm not a big fan of that particular diagnosis, and of course, any kid who's oppositional and maybe irritable and hyperactive, uh, lots of people these days are going to consider the bipolar disorder diagnosis as well, so I'm not surprised that somebody has told you that they can't rule it out. So that's all, that's all nice. Um, so that's fine. Let's, let me ask you a question. Would you call your son a pretty irritable guy? Yes. What percentage of the time? And what percentage of the time outside the context of frustration? Oh, that's interesting. No, I I don't 
outside of frustration? Well, I would say probably 70 percent, 70 to 75. You know, and I, what I mean by ir- or the way I'm I'm looking at irritable is um, a, a um, do you want me to help you put your shirt on? I can put my shirt on, you know, like yelling back. Um, and I, I would call so I don't know if that's frustration. Is that frustration then? Sounds like it to me. Okay. So I would say not irritable, but frustrated then. Easily frustrated. 80% of the time. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know if you're in the hands of a mental health provider. The irritability piece um sounds like it's worth checking into. The ADHD piece sounds like it's worth checking into. But let's spend our last eight minutes thinking about doing proactive plan B with him on the unsolved problems that are setting in motion him hitting his sister mm-hmm. and the unsolved problem of him going into school in the morning. And are you familiar with the three steps of plan B, the three ingredients? Yes. So it sounds like we do have, and I haven't lost track of this, there's one thing you said very early on in the call that um, is something I hear frequently, but that we need to um, work on perhaps. You you said that you're having trouble finding the time to do proactive Plan B. But we've now established that doing emergency Plan B is not going to be your best bet. So let's hear a little bit about, if that's okay, Time to do plan. Time to do Plan B proactively. Okay. What What's getting in the way of that? Well, I think one of the things that gets in the way is um, the 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 routine of the of the day we i feel like we are we are operating like i said we're we're operating so often in emergency plan b and plan c that it's from uh when i when i pick him up after school or in the evening to get from after school to dinner to bedtime is all such a challenge and so yeah. you're it's pretty intense pretty yeah. much from the minute you pick him up yep. to the minute he goes down for bed? Yes. Are weekends a little bit less intense? Yes. Yes. Well, then we're in your family going to introduce a new concept, the Plan B weekend. It sounds like For us to help make weekdays less intense, it sounds like we may need to do proactive Plan B on weekends when we are less intense and have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, there are lots of things I don't know much about. I don't know much about whether there's a co-parent who's going to be doing or a significant other who's going to be involved as well in the Plan Bs, whether... Is there? Yes, yeah. I I have my, my spouse is um, involved. Got it. And so one question is whether we could 
buy some breathing room on even week nights uh, and what that might look like um, if we wanted to do proactive plan B on a week night how we could set through what we mental management engineering so that evenings weren't so intense to begin with and the stage might be set for some more opportunities for proactive plan B but that's that you, you have to talk with your that um, but it sounds like weekends are a sure bet and because we're running out of time let me ask you this because I want to give a few examples about what the of the empathy step would sound like before we run out of time, which we always do on this program. Um, okay. Um, is there anything about your son that makes you want other time? I'm sorry, you're breaking up. What's that? I'm sorry, I missed that last uh, is, a little bit. Is there anything about your son, um, perhaps language processing and communication skills, perhaps level of activity or attention span that makes you wonder if he's even going to be able to participate in proactive plan B if you are able to manage proactive plan B. Yeah. What about him? Yeah. Um, the, he, um, I, I would say that he will not talk or like sometimes if I say, it's like even how I, if I say I've noticed this or if I say what's up, um, he'll put his hands to his ears. Mm. Um, and, and what do you think that means? means he th- well, now, the, here's, here's the big caveat. Is this in attempts at emergency B or is this attempts at proactive B that he's putting his hands up on his ears? Both. If it was only emergency B, I'd say, all right, the heat of the moment is making this very hard for him. But it's proactive B as well. Do you think there's anything... Proactive about- B, I would say, is more just not, uh, just silence or I don't know. Got it. Now, silence and I don't know, and I want to encourage you to um, listen to some of the prior uh audio programming that I've done through this mechanism on silence and I don't know mm-hmm. because there's some content in there that might be helpful to you or anybody else who's listening um, what to do with silence or I don't know mm-hmm. but one of the biggest issues is um, and this is just me hypothesizing um, it sounded like before we started talking the unsolved problems that were getting in your son's way were rather vague and not that specific. And often I find that if we start Plan B with a vague or unspecific unsolved problem, I don't know or not answering is a highly predictable outcome of that because we've asked the child to respond to something that he's not even sure what we're asking. It's too big, yep. And so in the little bit of time that we have left, let's think about what, and here's what I'd like you to do, give this a whirl. And then if you want to, either email me through the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website and let me know how it goes, or call in next week and let us know how it goes. But here's how the empathy step would sound 
on the unsolved problem of being interrupted in the car, uh, which is one of the things that is causing him to hit his sister. I've noticed that. Um, I've noticed that when we're in the car and your sister interrupts your talking, that's very hard for you. What's up? Now that's very specific. Here's what it would sound like doing the neutral observation of the empathy step on going into school. I've noticed that when I drop you off at school and it's time to go in, that's very hard for you. What's up? So here's what I would encourage you to do since we are now about to run out of time. And I'm really appreciative that you called in and told us about all this. I hope you found it to be helpful. But if you want to, give it a whirl this week, probably this okay. weekend. Okay. See how it goes, and then keep us posted, either by okay. email or by this mechanism, and good luck to you. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. Okay. Bye. Well, you bet. Bye-bye. Um, I hope that was helpful, not only to Mom, who called in, but also to the rest of you who are listening in. That this is a good example of what I'm hoping this radio program will be. People calling in, getting the support that they need in doing Plan B. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. Talk to you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.